2: bad times, I fear myself
1: tell me something boy
0: mm. aren't you tired trying to fill that void aren't you this I don't that's all I know of this
2: time I think I pulled them a-, a tonsil you hurt yourself on every intro. <laughs> I, can't,
0: I can't help it.
2: <coughs> Welcome everybody. We're so glad you're here regardless of what you just heard. Thank you so much for joining us on Fonts at Rock. Yep. It's the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice and we try and squeeze <laughs> into about 30 minutes or so or
0: so. Hey. Okay. We're back. It's what, three three episodes three in three weeks in? Is it three is this season three we're in?
2: Season three, episode three.
0: It's sort oh. of like Ozark. It's sort of the Larry Bird episode.
2: <laughs> get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Exit. You're Stage gonna hurt left yourself again. again.
0: <laughs> you really are. Uh, let's just face it. We've been inside drinking for six weeks. <laughs> 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 we're just happy to get through it. You know that uh, all the work we do here is not pointless. We actually, no. we actually uh, like to have fun. We like to give you some tasty nuggets. Of wisdom, uh, But we do that because we support Cannonball Kids Cancer in their fight to find treatment for kids who've been told they've run out of options. Uh, we support them in their effort to find options even when they don't exist. They create them and we think they're amazing. So please check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org. We love those guys. We love
2: actually writing checks to them whenever we can. And we that, do. that only happens when the show grows. So That's right. you guys are a part of that.
0: So tell somebody, will
2: you? Yeah, instead of just please. sitting around in quarantine. That's right. Hey, we know how busy you are.
0: How busy are you? <laughs>
2: They're so busy. <laughs> Thank you, Ed, big man.
0: <laughs> how busy are you? <laughs>
2: you know, trying to grab just a moment to find any type of leadership mm-hmm. nugget like you were talking about, Brant. I mean, I get it. You want to listen to a podcast? You want to watch a yep. webinar? You want to see something on the old Zoom? Something on the interweb? We yes, totally right. understand. Get Even it. with you completely locked up, yes. it's still hard to find those moments. It we is. understand. It doesn't matter what you're really doing right now. It doesn't. You could be watching birds right now during this quarantine. Maybe you're on your way, uh, you know, driving to Publix in search of toilet paper. Put
0: on your mask. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, <What? laughs> that guy was
0: violent. He's really upset that oh, people aren't. Wow. <laughs> He's really upset <laughs> that people aren't putting masks on. I'm sorry. I ran into him in aisle six and he screamed at me not to double touch the special cane. <laughs>
2: that guy needs security. Wow. Uh you know what? Does not really matter what the third thing is? That guy scared the crap out of me. It's just gonna, it's just be the 30 minutes you're looking forward to. Bum, 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 bum. Our guest today is Kristen Chase, who is the Senior Director of Organizational Development for Universal Parks and Resorts. I've known Kristen now for about 20 plus years through some learning and development and OD associations, and we're super thrilled to have her on the show. Kristen, welcome first off to Thoughts it Rock.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, we're excited about this. And, you know, you've got a great bio. We're going to push everybody to the show notes um, if you want to go and read everything that is uh, in your background. But uh, definitely we wanted to just highlight a couple things specifically because you're just so heavily involved with a lot of groups and, you know, the community as well. One of them is SHRM, which I'm sure a lot of the OD and training and development people will know. That's the uh, Society of Human Resource Management. I know that Kristen, you do a lot of uh, give back programs with UCF. That is the University of Central Florida. For those that don't know, we had two years undefeated football season. Oh. Thank you very much. Just want to lay that out there. Um, she's a great volunteer and uh, does a lot in the community, and especially with their kids' schools. Um, we probably know each other the most through the good network, which is the greater Orlando organization development, nothing but acronyms on the show this morning. <laughs> um, and I know that yeah. Kristen sits on the advisory board and and is one of the inaugural members, which is, uh, you know, we started, I was a part of that way back in the day and, and you obviously have just stayed with it and have really been heavily involved. And, you know, I know that you led the group in the the very first conference, like a physical conference, uh, at the beginning of the year, which I was lucky enough to be a keynote speaker. And again, we're just really thrilled to, uh, to have you on the show. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thrilled to be here. First one back in the, uh, new normal, in here, the new normal.
0: Right? Yes. The <laughs> new era. Well, your world's got to be turned upside down in the middle of all of the sort of state of the world at the moment with the craziness. What, how has your life been the last, you know, say eight weeks or so?
1: Yeah, it's been um, a very different experience, obviously, working for Universal in my day job. I mean, and in human resources, I, I, I like to see humans. I like to interact with humans. And you know what? We haven't had as much of of, of that opportunity as, as we are all experiencing. And, you know, this transition to WebExes and Zooming and all oh, these yeah. things, you know, it it, it it's not quite the same it and actually, it actually can be somewhat overwhelming. So, it, you know, you really have to focus and be intentional about where you're spending your time and how you're spending your time. I know that's been important for me to you try to create those boundaries and try to create those moments when you can uh, focus and get some things done and then, you know, kind of move on and take a break. And so everything just doesn't run together in, in uh, one big continuum. So uh, so that's been Uh, very unique obviously that's it's great that you know i am able to do work from home thankfully we have these things called technology that you know have cropped up and made made it so easy for us to uh, continue to be productive and be functional um, and interact with people in some way you know during this time so so still getting quite a bit done and in in a very big uh, planning mode right now thinking about how a lot of our uh, major processes that we conduct you know things like our annual surveys and uh, you know different things that we do as, as normal practices whether those practices should go on or mm-hmm. they changed or yeah. they should evolve and, and all those kinds of things so a lot of options and contingency planning and you know working in the unknown um, obviously uh, you know many of our team members are not in the parks right now and, and not providing service to guests and and so our leaders, you know, who lead those team members are are missing that opportunity. But, you know, it also gives this interesting sort of pause and reflect time as well that we normally don't have as a business right, because right. we're very much usually a go-go-go and, you know, operate and deliver the experiences and, and get it done. So um, so planning, I think, is, is good right now. And that's where I've been spending a lot of my time.
2: It's probably going to be a lot of that. I mean, there probably will be things that will go away and and probably adjust. And uh, like you said, the new normal. I mean, by the time somebody listens to this, it'll be interesting to listen back and see where we've actually evolved. But, you know, in Central Florida, I know the world, the country, everybody's, you know, everybody's hurting. But, boy, you talk about Central Florida when you don't have restaurants, hotels, theme parks, when everything is shut down. And, boy, it, it hits a lot. Um, and yeah. you're, you're in a very influential position too. So I know when it comes to, like you said, the, the human element, um, some of it probably is going to be a little bit more virtual and distance based. And so, you know, it, it, again, it'll be interesting to see where all that, that shakes out here in a couple months. But, um, listen, we're, we're thrilled to have you on. I, I know we're going to get into a lot of different things. And and I think you probably already know this, Christian, from listening to some of the other episodes, it's not the traditional interview style where we're, um. You know, we definitely want to get right to the heart of what great wisdom you have to share with us. So we're looking for the best piece of advice you've ever been given. So the the floor is going to be yours. What is your thought that rocks?
1: Thoughts that rock number, number one. I would say for me, one of the things that really uh, shook me up in a good way and, and made me think and step back and reapproach how I. You know, uh, delivered content, uh, worked with individuals and became more effective was this concept of you really need to know your audience. You need to understand the needs of your audience even more than you need to know your content of whatever it is you're trying to share with them. Hmm.
0: You would, obviously, right? I mean, sometimes we get so focused as, as a presenter of information, we're so hyper-focused on what we're presenting that sometimes we forget to ask if they actually need it.
1: <laughs> right. right. Right.
0: And
2: was exactly. that, was that something that you've always thought about or is that something that evolved over time for you?
1: No, that's where I I think that that advice was given to me as I was, you know, earlier in my career in OD. I mean, one of those core skills that you have to build is you have to build that ability to convey information and to facilitate groups of people thinking about ideas and engaging with each other and doing that in a way that's most meaningful. And that really meant deviating from the content. And moving away from just what's written on the page or your facilitator notes or whatever you're supposed to be delivering and really saying, what's going on in the room? So I was actually in a session where I was working towards getting certified in a course and I was working with another colleague of mine who uh, we've known each other for a long, long time. And, you know, he has a very different style than mine. At that point, I was a little bit more rigid in (laughs) how I would approach things a little bit more planful and buy the book and he just kind of threw a lot of that out the window and said you know what we're why don't we go ahead and just remove this this whole section why don't we just fast forward through this why don't we go right to this and 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 that's just a piece of advice for you need to be more fluid in that way because i think our audience gets it they've already gotten the main point of what we're trying to do here now they're ready to move on whoa you know that was that was kind of a a mind blown oh you mean oh like i can move past page 20 through 30 and that's okay uh all right so uh but it, it was fine you know and it and it made it more meaningful to connect with that audience so that was just an experiential thing that happened to me and i thought wow you know this this applies in so many different ways that mm-hmm. you know you know you may have written it all on the page or you may have learned you know as you went through school that you know this is the right way to do this or deliver this information or or explain this concept but if it doesn't resonate with your audience you know oh well you might as well just you know pack up and head home cuz you got to find that way that that's meaningful uh, to connect with them.
0: You've just described uh, Jim and I's Our ent- entire relationship, Laurel and Hardy. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Jim uh-huh. is Mr. Structure and uh, thank God because I am not. And so mm-hmm. it is an interesting, you know, conversation. It's why this, I think why the show works and why we have so much fun doing it is because, you know, I show up to do even this interview today and I'm staring at three pages of detailed <laughs> notes And um, the first question I said this morning was, what are we doing today? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I haven't looked at anything. And so Uh it it is a very interesting dynamic. But I think, I guess my question would be, especially I get it in your world, right? In In the organizational development world, gosh, man, if you don't have some some really strong structure it can get out of control very quickly and the idea of keeping things um uh, having any sort of quality control as to what's happening and making sure people are learning the same things and it's not getting distorted and the messages aren't being changed and it's not, you, you know, the, the, the crux of the message has to stay what it is. And, and if you want to throw in your flair or you want to throw in your ability to present in a different way, great, but don't change the information. The information's got to stay sort of where it is. That makes total sense to me. My question is, did this roll over into your what I'm going to call your real life, your outside of work life, did it take you in a place where you said, gosh, I'm going to loosen the reins a little bit at home with the family, with my friends, just my overall approach to life? Or or do you find that you're really pretty structured outside of work?
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely applied. I, I think that generally I am a planner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think when you look at my Myers-Briggs type and all those different things. I mean, I'm more comfortable in a place where I know what's going to be happening next. But then I I realized that you could only do that to a certain degree. And then, you know, kind of all bets are off, right? I mean, you can have the best laid plans. Let's think about 2020, right? Like your goals and plans for 2020 and Ooh. everyone, everyone, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, hello out the window. So, you know, and, and and maybe some things are still relevant. And the fact that you did that planning and that work is not irrelevant. So this concept of kind of behind the scenes doing your homework is still valuable, right? And, mm-hmm. and having your options and having your your general structure laid out. But then, you know, and feeling good about that because knowing your content is key, don't get me wrong, right? I mean, that that's a key to success is, is feeling confident in whatever it is that, that you're going to be, you know, delivering or, or speaking about or or whatnot. But, you know, once the moment arrives, the moment arrives and anything can happen, right? So I think I've kind of learned that in life, you know, you, you just can't control, once you hit the on button, like once we <laughs> began our yeah. our time today right i i can't control what you guys are going to say to me i actually don't know what you're going to say to me next so i have to be able to listen and respond and sort of be in that moment so it kind of gets into the the concept of being a bit more mindful to just experience and go with the flow but that upfront still needs to be there right that upfront, pre- you know preparation going into that moment so yeah definitely welcome,
2: welcome to my world i have no idea <laughs> what Brand's gonna say today I think, you know, the the background, you know, I'm an educator at heart. And and I think during all of this training and development coursework or collateral that I've ever created, I always thought you had to have a lot of content. I've always crammed it in, you know, before you go and really ask the end user what they need, probably in the beginning it was, oh, of course they need it. So I'm going to prepare all this stuff and I'm going to cram it down their throat, whether the audience actually needs it or not. And I think over time... You come to that realization. You hope that you're not doing it the same way, like you said, Brent. You sort of evolve into your your personal life, and and I think even in my own stuff, I become better. It's less text. It's visual. It's way more participatory in nature. There's more fun and games in there. But this is something I give you credit for. You do this extremely well. A lot of the stuff that you do is extremely visual. Like you go less from a um, you know from a content. You'll talk around it. You'll get the big concepts out there. And I think, you know, this is where from a, from a motivational, from an inspirational Mm -hmm. standpoint, you can get a broader swath of people to follow you where sometimes I still resort back to like Kristen, you were saying, you go back into the old, you know, before even people knew what OD was, it was a pretty heady concept. Now you understand how critical it is, but you've even got to evolve uh, your own stuff. And ultimately I do think I'm a lot looser than I probably used to be because I was a, I was a hardcore test giving trainer back in the day. I know that's hard to believe, Brent. I see <laughs> your face right now, um, but but actually, I have loosened the reins as well. I think over the last. Have you seen Three the, minutes.
0: Have you seen the movie Black Stallion at all, Kristen? <laughs> because this is what... It, it's been the opposite. Instead of the the wild, free stallion that you need to tame, it's been the other way. I've been trying to whip Jim into the wild and let him loosen his grip a little bit. Because... I, so it's an interesting concept, right? And I think this... this I'd love to get your take on this, Kristen. But for me, there are people like, like yourself and Jim who I think are educators at heart who can perform. And there are people like me who are performers at heart who can educate. And depending on how you approach it, mm-hmm. you got to have the right balance or either one falls flat, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I And I look at it when, when I think about OD in general and and the kind of people, you know, I would like to hire on my team and, and the, the kind of qualities I hope to cultivate in others. And and what I think I have a decent balance of is that ability to have some focus on the data, right? Because we, we tend to be kind of the data nerds a little bit. I have an IO psychology mm-hmm. background, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of go to that data side and the facts and that's important information and you need to be able to work with that and understand that but then you have to have the people side too you have to be able to reach out and connect and and convey that in a way that is meaningful and put it in the context of your audience and you know get to the executive summary of the top five bullet points Mm -hmm. and you know just get the bottom line information so it is a bit of that performance and that you know engaging um and that, and not everybody has both of those skill sets. Right. So, you either need to take that into consideration, design your team accordingly, or you know, try to cultivate that over time if people are interested in growing one or the other kinds of skill sets. But that's what I find unique about OD in particular is, is that balance of the two, and you know, it, it's important to have a little bit of both.
0: Yeah. I, well, I would think maybe it's just me, but in my, in my head, I mean, you work for one of the centers of performing <laughs> that there is on the planet. Exactly. And so is it, uh-huh. do, do you find that you get the over the top performers that come in and, and want to sort of be in the OD world? Or do you find you get the data nerds who, who are looking for ways to stretch themselves to maybe be a better presenter?
1: Um, we get a little bit of both. We go a little bit more on the data nerd side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean so that, that lovingly.
1: That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because again, in-
2: So you're saying I got a
1: chance. (laughs) So understanding that scope of training is not as much under my umbrella. Mm -hmm. That's kind of another portion of our organization where we do bring in, for example, when we do our orientations, you know, we absolutely have actors, you know, from the entertainment side of the business that come in and deliver that because it has to be, you know, a wow experience. People come in and and immediately, you know, want to engage them in the organization and our mission and all the things that we're trying to do. Um, so we get a little bit more of the data side, um, but, we get, but we we see both, yeah.
0: So this is the perfect transition, right? Because this next thought, our thought that we want to share with you, sort of, I think, leans heavily on that. And depending on which side of that coin that you fall on, if you're on the data side or you're on that performance side, um, you know, our thought this week actually comes from Abraham Lincoln. And uh, it's this. on the rock! Number two. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. As a performer, I am pretty much known for taking a few whacks at the tree before I ask, is this the right tree?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, boy. Right? Yeah, it is. I love the... Did you hear that response right there? Oh, boy. That is, that is quintessentially... Every boss's response I've ever had in my life. Uh, it is one of those things that I, I'm more interested in the flair of how it looks while I'm chopping down the tree. <laughs> Did you catch the glean on the blade as it came down? Or, oh, wait a minute, this isn't the tree? Oh, maybe, maybe I should have asked a few questions first. While Jim is in the, in the corner doing geometric patterns, trying to figure out the angle of the tree that needs to be chopped down <laughs> the most efficient way. And so it's a good mix, but... but I think it takes that concept even a little bit further. You have to make sure that you take enough time um, to do the work Whereas some of us are so focused on how it looks, how it feels, the what's the experience, while the other person is really uh, focused on the effectiveness of what it is that you're actually going to do. And if you don't take that time to do sort of what we in the music world would call pre-production, right? All of that sort of before you step into the studio, are you prepared to be there or are you going to show up and waste hours and hours and hours of time? because you didn't do that pre-work that homework that planning stage before you show up and it's time to perform is it the same sort of concept that you find there
1: yeah absolutely I, I love the quote and I, it makes me think about you know this year running uh, the good conference for the first time you know the first time doing a big event like that and you know I think if anybody's put on any kind of event you know you have those first-time jitters and, and you, you know, you, you don't know, are people really going to come and, and it was successful, but the orchestration of all of that began, you know, well, a year or so in advance. I mean, it just, there's so many aspects of, you know, people who are volunteering their time and getting them to kind of pull together and, and get tasks done and get things figured out and, and organize and orchestrate and all of that. And then there it is, you know, the, the day comes and, and thankfully it was, it was a success, but there's, there's a lot of orchestration, I guess I would call it, or, or architecting that I feel like I get involved with, right? Like that practice and prepare and, you know, even like, uh, most of the processes that we have, you know, say performance reviews or setting your goals or, uh, completing an employee survey or, uh filling out a succession planning profile, all of those things are facilitated by technology now, right? Systems and tools behind that. So you have to be pretty adept at at designing a process that people actually want to do and feels good to them when they go through that experience. So that's where, again, a lot of that data and information and, and user input, you know, so that you can put together something that you know ultimately when when the time comes and people have to engage and they they need to do something in that system or or with that process they're excited about it they want to do that um, it's easy for them Um, that just doesn't happen right right Right. Uh, there's a lot of you know hey i don't know should we put a button here or should we design it this way or should someone have to approve this and you know there's a lot of sort of boring kind of flow charting and, and discussions of how things need to work behind the scenes, such that it appears easy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, when we were looking uh, sort of for for something that we wanted to share that took a different sort of approach to what we were already going to already going to be discussing. Um, another quote that, that we came across that I think also lends itself to this is from um, Dwight Eisenhower, and he says, uh, "In preparing for battle, I have always found that um, plans are useless, but planning is indispensable." And and mm. I I think that that's part of what you just discussed right there, which is the idea of if you do the work and you really spend the time in the planning, even if things don't go perfectly when it's time to perform, it's the the dedication that you took in the planning process that's going to to save your, your rear, right? I mean, that's what's going mm-hmm. to take you to that next level because there are always going to be things that don't get executed like you expect them to or there's always some monkey wrench that gets thrown in that you you didn't prepare for. But if you did the planning properly and you took the time necessary, then you will always find a way to push through as opposed to maybe quickly going to... it. Honestly, it, it, it's what scares us all, I think, in the country right now is that with everything happening with this virus, if we don't do the planning properly and we rush to reopen the entire country right now, it could be worse than than what it is already. And so it's the planning that really we need to look on because you know that things are going to happen and life is going to take place and and we may find ourselves in a different scenario three or four months from now than than we do right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's very relevant. Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
2: I think also this is I mean, obviously Lincoln came before Covey, but this is right out of the seven habits playbook. And when you think about the seventh habit, which is all about sharpen the saw, you know, sharpening the saw, which encompasses all the rest of the stuff is basically saying that all of these important areas of life, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, social, whatever it is, you've got to focus on those things to to honestly be the best you, you've got to take the time to address each one of those. And that's part of the planning so that when something does happen, like what we're going through right now, you're still secure in who you are. You're still your best self. Yeah, Does it take away a little bit from the social, the emotional side? Sure. Because you don't have that, you know, that interdependence, you can't have that connection with other humans, but in general, that planning is so critical. It isn't the plan. What's the Mike Tyson (laughs) quote, you know, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. So it completely changes things once it happens. Right. We've got a good friend of ours who's been on the show before Kathleen Wood, who is, uh, you know, she's a business strategist and she swears by, even if it's a one page strategic plan for business, you have to have something. And just by going through the act of doing that, e- even in the weakest of planning, the simple act of sitting back, thinking strategically and having something in front of you will help the business execute and, and help you ultimately, I think, deliver desired results. And it's gonna change. It's gonna that's why you almost don't want to have a five, ten year plan. Just have a really good, secure one year plan, if you would, and at least focus on that. So, you know, I, I think this combination of Sharpening the axe, as mm-hmm. as Lincoln put it, and mm-hmm. also still making sure that once you put that into place, even though your best laid plans, it might be the audience needs something else. They have a different perspective. They have a different, you know, d- different perception of what what you need to deliver. And you've got to be aware to spin on a dime to
0: make that happen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think there's two types of people, right? I just you, I, I realized, and this. me, <laughs> I realized this the other day. I the I, I repainted my office the other yeah. You know, like whatever this weekend. Yeah. And as I'm painting I realize there are two types of people. There are people who tape everything off. Yep. Who cut around the edges. Yep. And Kristen, the very last Kristen thing they do is roll right? <laughs> right they they roll the rest of the thing. For me, <laughs> I rolled the whole thing. <laughs> yes. I didn't even move a single piece of furniture in my office. <laughs> awesome. I painted around those things because I didn't want to unhook anything. Right. And the very last thing I did was actually go and start to trim out all of the stuff. And I really That's feel awesome. like those, that is a perfect metaphor for why it's important to have both types of people involved. Right. Yeah. Because if you only did things that one way, it's going to be half-assed you know, <laughs> right? from, from my way. Mm-hmm. I, and I know that, but if you had the person who came in before and said, Hey, before you jump in and you start doing all your stuff, give me an hour to do some taping, okay? <laughs> and you did all of that stuff, then it's sort of the best of both worlds because you get the person who really wants to make sure that everything is blocked out properly and that we've got some, some semblance of a plan. And you've got me who is like, oh, maybe a drop cloth would be a good idea in here right now as I am rolling my head off. And I I, I think though that that's the struggle, isn't it? It's gotta be one of the struggles for you all the time, Kristen, with, with working with humans is that there are people who, who are hardcore one way and hardcore the other way, what do you do to, to have these two sides come together and work in harmony?
1: Yeah, that, that is a great point. I think, um, you know, people are, I think, living in the moment a lot Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm working with a lot of other HR partners and, and, you know, people out in the business and, and, you know, it, it's kind of hard to get people to look a little farther out right now, um, but I think there are some who are. And so I'm trying to, you know, seed some thoughts and and provide some insight and, and encourage um both activities mm-hmm. again kind of that short term we've got to kind of respond in the moment and you know take care of the needs of our team members who are asking a lot of questions and, and be responsive to that but we also have to balance that with being able to be strategic partners and look ahead not too far ahead we know we mm-hmm. can't plan that far as you guys were just mentioning mm-hmm. but we need to be dedicating enough time Um, to the reopening focus and the you know what's going to happen as we close out 2020 and we start Mm -hmm. up 2021 and um, you know so I often find myself that I have to start thinking about those things a little bit sooner because a lot of what we do is you know do some of these things that uh, kind of impact the whole organization and have processes associated with that and they can't just be mobilized on a dime right (laughs) they have to be sort of planned and and events that take place um you know at least five six months out so i tend to be the people coming and you know one of the people coming and saying hey you know i know you're not thinking about this right now but i I need to get some of your time on this I, i need to get your thought around this because i have to start planning for this now and i know you're caught up with a lot of things but can i just get a few key thoughts so just kind of almost focusing people to say You know, let me give you three options to react to right now. Let me put three things in front of you. Yeah. You know, and three questions. Can I get your your take on these three questions? Then I'll go take that back and we'll figure it out and we'll come back later. But, you know, just kind of bite sizing it so that you don't throw a huge, massive plan when somebody is just not in the headspace. But just, hey, can I get your thoughts real quick? Just, just a quick, you know, one way or the other. What do What do you think about this?
2: Well, that's even right? going to be think- more critical now because you think about. I mean, Universal is already fantastic in this way, but the larger that you get as a business, and maybe there, this, you know, this reset now allows you to go all the way back to your thought. You know, you can focus a little bit more on the audience's needs, and like you said, bite-sized pieces. Let's make sure we're hitting things for them and not. You know, getting so large that we've forgotten what we can do to absolutely rock somebody's world.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There, there's a. Um. I, I used to teach a facilitation class at Hard Rock. It was called uh, Facilitation That Rocks, and and we did this specifically for. I think executives more than anything else because we knew they had the content, but they needed to get better performing. So it goes back, Brant, what you were talking about before. This is a a quick wild stallion moment. I brought a show and tell, which you can't see, Kristen, but there's an old Rolling Stone article that I used to pull from out of uh, uh, during this class. I would pull out a Rolling Stone. It was Bana who had a quote that talked about the audience's needs. Here's what he said. The, the, uh, the person that's asking him a question is basically, what do you think about when you're on stage? And he says this, very little has been written about the performer's psychology. Performers often perform out of something that's missing. In effect, they might have a hole that they're trying to fill, and, and that might be obvious. What's less obvious is that through this insecurity, we develop a kind of third eye or a sort of reptilian sense of what's going on in the room he's basically saying, listen, for instance, I'm at your house. I'm aware of who entered, who left. You know, if somebody's having an argument, if they're stressed out, I pick up on all that stuff. And it might be noise, but it becomes something that's important to have. It turns out to be the mark of a great performer. And he basically says that on stage, he can see everything. He knows when people aren't paying attention or they're going to the restroom or they're buying a T-shirt or they're chatting amongst themselves. This is what makes great policemen be aware or great teachers or for in our case great trainers to see what's going on if i need to adjust stuff so i think these great performers it kind of goes back i was thinking about it, brain when you're saying do you see more performers that are coming into the world or are they a little bit more on the academic side and i think at least in universals you know mindset everybody's on stage everybody's got to perform so if the audience isn't Getting what they need, you've got to be able to spend on a dime. But yet, back to your point, Brandt, this Abe Lincoln quote: "You know, you've got to be sharpening the axe. You got to be focusing on your best self to be able to do that." Right?
0: Yeah, it's to me, it's in in our world, Kristen, in the speaking world, where where you know we are out, keynoting conference after conference after conference. We get a chance to see a lot of of speakers and i sort of draw a hard line down the middle and, and there are speakers and there are presenters mm-hmm. there are people who can present information and they do it concisely and and the data is correct but but it is So boring, I want to run full speed into a brick wall, Mm -hmm. right? And on the other side, we have people who are great performers. Like they are absolutely capturing the truth in the room, which is, I think, a little bit of what you just talked about, Kristen, with this idea of, you know... Can you, and Jim too to to Bono's article, can you capture the truth in the room? Can mm-hmm. you can you be aware enough of your surroundings and what's happening that you allow for that to happen and then it's real, it's authentic, and that resonates at a different frequency than some manufactured mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Um but the idea here of of marrying the two, mm-hmm. <laughs> can you own the data enough, right? The content. Can you own the content? This is what Christian was talking about earlier. Can you own the content so strongly that the performance gets more of your attention, right? As opposed to, gosh, I I don't really know what I'm talking about. I don't even know really what this content is. I don't, I don't know it that much. So you, you, you try to overshadow the performance to be just like, hey, Mm -hmm. let's do, this is going to be amazing. And And somebody asks one question about the data and you're like, oh, you're in the ditch. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You lost all credibility. Now, why should anybody listen to you? Because you're just a dancing monkey. And, and that's, that's, my whole career. So there you go. (laughs) Wrap it up, Jim. I love it.
2: (laughs) Well, Kristen, I think, um, you know, before we have people, you know, if if you want to be connected with Kristen, you know, obviously we want to send people somewhere to your website. Do you have a website or is it really just your email in your current role?
1: Um, Yeah, I I can do email or uh, LinkedIn, you know, just messaging on there is great too. So
0: That's great. We can do that. We can push people towards your LinkedIn profile. We'll do that all in the show notes. Yeah.
2: And we'll also put the, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We'll put the good network too. I know that that's very close to, to your heart and uh, we'll make sure that people can check that out real quick, just for the audience. If they don't know what OD is, I know organization development. What exactly is that? Uh The the
1: quintessential question. You get this all
2: the time, I'm sure. Does God exist? Go (laughs) ahead. And uh, what's the meaning (laughs) of love?
1: Go. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, uh, it is a great question. And, you know, what I say that that I do is provide uh, tools and resources uh, so that leaders, individuals, and teams can uh, engage, can perform at their highest, and overall be healthy. So,
2: Wow, like it. You're sharpening the saw. We like it.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Well, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh we look forward
0: to uh seeing you down the road.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. I really appreciate yeah, this. Best, this is fun.
0: Best of luck. We we know that you are, are just absolutely got to be in the middle of a tornado right now so thank you so much we we are praying that that things work out uh exactly how you want them to and uh just thank you for for putting in the effort so that that everyone can truly enjoy the experience when they come to your parks
1: absolutely all right thanks guys we'll Take talk care. to Appreciate you soon it. rock on. okay Bye-bye. Bye. bye